So today as part of our podcast series, which is powered by Upside Global, uh, we have the honor to interview Luc Julia, Chief Scientific Officer at Renault Group, a leading automaker. So Luc has worked for many years in Silicon Valley for companies such as Apple, Siri, Samsung, and HP. So Luc, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Julia. Great. So Luc, so what I want to talk to you about today was talk about your, your role at Renault, but also talk about emerging technologies like digital assistant. Uh, so how does it sound? Sounds good. Great. So can you maybe start by talking about your role at Renault for the audience so they understand? Yeah, sure. So it's a very brand new role because I just joined a few weeks ago. Um, and uh, the, the role of a scientific officer actually is very new there. I mean, uh, the idea is to um, bring basically, you know, some of the science, some of the technology that I uh, had the chance, you know, to, to uh, look at and to work with in the Silicon Valley uh, to a group like uh, Renault. Uh, Renault is a very old group, right? I mean, it's a 120-year-old company and um, uh, it, it does cars very well, uh, but maybe it doesn't do uh, uh, the technology very well, right? So there is still a lot of work to do there. So the goal is really to say, okay, we have some Technology, technology companies, you know, in the Silicon Valley like Tesla or Lucid that are going into cars. So maybe, you know, we should uh, take some ideas from there and bring them back, you know, to the car companies, the old car companies. And they're all the same, right? I mean, all the old guys, uh, main being the uh, the American ones or the or the French ones or the Italian ones, I mean, um, they or the German ones, of course, uh, they are in, in uh, operation for years and years. And uh, they have, all of them have trouble, you know, to bring uh, those new technologies. And they look to be uh, surpassed by uh, companies like Tesla. I don't believe that they are surpassed. And so that's why, you know, I, I'm going there to show that they have actually capabilities to do as well as Tesla and even maybe better. That makes sense. Uh, and I'm glad you're saying that, that they can do as well as companies like Tesla, right? So uh, so now obviously you work for a French company and you work for a Silicon Valley for many years. So from your perspective, what are the main differences that you see between France and the U.S. in terms of innovation? Yeah, I mean, there is a big difference that I see. This is a, a cultural difference, I guess. I mean, this is uh, the, the um, in France, you cannot fail. I mean, in the sense that if you fail, you are basically marked, you know, for life yeah. and uh, you are a loser. Uh, mm -hmm. In the Silicon Valley, you need to fail. You have to fail. If you don't fail, it's kind of suspect, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, so in the Silicon Valley, you you know try and try and try again, and after a while, you succeed, and you try again, and you succeed or not, and you try again. And failure is part of the culture. Failure is part of the learning phase. I mean, in France, uh, in Europe, I guess, but in France in particular, I mean, if you fail, you are. I mean, right away, a loser, and you are not given given a chance, you know, to uh, to start again, to do something new, uh, and, and to uh, rebound, basically. And where do you think it's coming from? Uh, is that the French culture? What do you think it's coming from? Yeah, I, I think it's somehow the culture in the sense that uh, you know we uh, we like leaders, we like people who are uh, you know the, the incredible and that are all successful, right? At the mm -hmm. same time, we hate them. I mean, uh, this is a very strange uh, way we treat our elites, you know, in, in France. Yeah. And um, so I guess somewhere it is, uh, uh, since we know that we can, we cannot all, you know, go uh, to, towards this uh, this success path, uh, somehow, somewhere, 
uh, as soon as there is a small failure, we are going to shoot them, and uh, and we don't want to see them again, you know, uh, coming back. So th- there, is, I cannot really explain. I mean, it it is definitely cultural because you know it's definitely something that uh, that we don't see here. But here, I think that the here when I say here, this is a Silicon Valley. I think that it's coming. The fact that we um, we we actually like. The, the failure is coming from uh, the very beginning of the states. You know, the mm-hmm. um, everything that was the uh, the gold rush, basically yeah. in the the mid eighteen uh, hundred. I mean, the gold rush was basically this melting pot of people, you know, coming together to look for the gold, right? I mean, today, yeah. the new gold in Silicon Valley used to be uh, the silicon, and then, you know, it became the software, internet, and uh, maybe today, you know, mobile apps or whatever. So, but there is also, I mean, always something to find, to find, you know, and, and to work towards together, together and to, to do these incredible things uh, with this melting pot of people that are very different culturally. In France and in Europe, I mean, we are installed, you know, for thousands of years, and uh, this is less of the culture of a multi, uh, multicultural, you know, uh, culture that is um, that is going to help to do something together, like it had to happen uh, in the mid uh, eighteen hundred here. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. So, obviously, you have a deep background in AI, right? Did you assistant? You worked at Siri, you know, with um, a gentleman like Adam Shayer, great guy very smart. So, but at the same time, why do you always say that AI does not exist? Yeah, I always say that because, I mean, I was kind of fed up, you know, in the past, uh, let's say 10 years that everybody was putting in their business plan, you know, AI. I mean, everybody was talking about AI all the time, AI, AI, AI. And so the reality is that this is not one AI. There is not this, you know, generic, general AI. This one will never exist. There are multiple AIs. There are a lot of different AIs. The AI that uh, people are talking about, this is what I call the Hollywood AI. This is mm-hmm. science fiction, right? So this is the uh, Terminator AI. This is the movie well, her, her, the movie her AI, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, so this AI will never exist. I mean, we need, we need to claim it. We need to be realistic about it. And my, my problem about this generic AI is that if we continue to, uh, to, to ask for it and to say that it's going to happen, we are going to be disappointed because it will never happen. And so we need to be very careful. We need to see what are those different AIs, those multiple AIs that are doing incredible things, but very specialized in their own ways. And this is those AIs that we need to continue to cultivate and to talk about and stop to talk about, you know, this generic AI uh, that will never exist. I see what you're saying. So, uh, speaking about innovation, right? So do you think there's a new wave of innovation coming in the, in the AI digital assistant space and why? why yeah, yeah, definitely. So the good news, you know, is that, I mean, as I said, there are multiple AIs, right? And yeah. uh, they are in, they are, I mean, applicable, the methods that are being now, you know, in, in fashion for the past you know, seven years with the deep learning and uh, I mean, machine learning and deep learning, a lot of data, the big data, you know, is really exploded. Mm-hmm. And so all that is really coming now, you know, in all the different domains. And in particular, we realize that we need to have, you know, because of the amount of data, because of the complexity of the world in the different, uh, in the different uh, domains, we need to have some kind of assistance. So the assistants mm-hmm. that are going to be, the digital assistants that are going to be more and more specialized in very specific areas. And we are going to have to, you know, 
cultivate them, for them to learn, you know, and to be better than us. Because, I mean, AI, it's not anything else than a tool. And by definition, a tool is better than us. Otherwise, you know, it's not a tool. So it does the thing better than what we were doing it ourselves. So those digital assistants, they are going to help us. They are going to be helpers, tools for us to do the things better than what we would have done by ourselves. So more and more, we are going to see a lot of digital assistants. And in particular, I believe that we are going to see more and more digital assistants that are going to be based on, you know, the, the, the better communication namely voice because mm -hmm. we're going to i mean voice is the the best way basically to uh, convey information right so we are going to have those assistants that we can you know, communicate with with voice and we are going to have more and more dialogue conversations the, mm -hmm. the 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 reality today is that i mean most of those assistants that we are seeing today they are not conversational I mean, th yeah. we are still far from uh, having a conversation with the little assistant, right? It's really command and control. So we are going to see more and more of those assistants with, uh, with conversations that are going to help us in very specific domains to, you know, get whatever we need to get uh, from the, 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 the very domain that we are talking about. Yeah, and then, you know, so I have Siri. I have Alexa at home. Uh, I use Google Assistant. And like you said, I think most of them today, the assistants are what I call more like voice commands. Mm -hmm. I think we're, but the other set of the story is what we call you know, like advanced dialogues, right? Or assistants that are able to, well, like you said, have a conversation, but also predict, you know, behaviors or ask questions proactively, right? Yeah. Um, do you think that we are getting close to seeing a mass adoption of those types of assistants today, or we're still a few years away? I mean, the reality today is that it's impressive that we see a big uh, um, adoption, you know, of Siri first, I mean, 10 years ago, Siri was 10 years ago, right? I mean, we yeah. saw a massive adoption. I mean, in the first two years, we had 300 million people using it, right? I mean, yeah. not every day, not 10 minutes a day, but I mean, 300 people, 300 million people were actually exposed to that. And we saw surprisingly, frankly, you know, with uh, the Amazon uh, Echo, we saw yeah. that, uh, you know, Alexa became more and more popular and a lot of people are using that. I mean, there are millions of Alexa, yeah. you know, in the States. So that's very interesting to see that. But as you said, it's very limited. If we can imagine now that we are going to have a system that are going to be much more conversational and much more, you know, uh, easy to talk to. And they are going actually to, as you said, also, you know, to talk to us, to ask the right question at the right time mm -hmm. in order to disambiguate whatever we are talking about. I mean, yeah. of course, the adoption is going to raise because it means that it's going to be really something useful that we are going to see more and more the value of those things. So the technology has to progress in order to see that we can really have something that is going to be useful and much more useful than the ones that we have today. Okay. So we no, obviously we talked about AI digital assistant, but you know, what are the other emerging technologies that excite excite you the most and why? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, uh, you know, there are for me three, three domains, let's say, that are exciting and three domains that are seeing a lot of uh, very interesting uh, uh, emerging technology in each of them. So the first domain that is for me, you know, uh, the good for humanity is uh, the medical domain. So mm -hmm. in the medical domain, we saw already AI bringing a lot of good things, you know, like uh, uh, medical imagery. I mean, being able to find a uh, cancer in the radio, yeah. 
image. So something like that is very, very important, obviously. And we are going to see more and more of that, not mm -hmm. only, you know, because the, the machine can learn much more, you know, in the images, and they are going to see millions and millions of different cancers, you know, and they are going to be much better than the human, again, because mm -hmm. of the tool in this very domain. But we are going also to see some very interesting uh, developments in the um, uh, DNA uh, field. I mean, the we are just discovering, you know, what is our DNA, basically. And, mm -hmm. uh, and DNA, what is it? It's basically statistics, right? And, uh, yeah. and uh, wh what is AI? AI is mathematics. AI is statistics. So mm -hmm. it's going to be an interesting match there to be done between, uh, between AI and DNA in order to find, you know, a new possible uh, medication, new possible uh, very early detection of new uh, uh, diseases and stuff like that. So I think mm -hmm. the, medic the medical field is going to be incredible. The second yeah. field that I'm very excited about is, of course, transportation. This is why yeah. you know, I'm doing what I'm doing. I really believe that because of the aging population, we are going to have more and more people that are going to have difficulties, you know, to go from point B to point A to point B. So, so we are going to see a lot of, uh, you know, new kind of cars that are going to be more and more autonomous. I don't believe in uh, autonomous car level five. You know, this is the full autonomy, blah, blah, blah. But I believe in autonomous cars level four that are going to prevent bunch, I mean, 90% of the accidents and that are going to help people, you know, to go from those point B, point A to point B very easily. So we are going to see very interesting technologies, you know, more and more that are going to be based on perception, based on a lot of different things that are going to allow the cars to navigate in a complex world more and more, you know, and to, to do that. So that's yeah, can, I, can, I, can I ask you, that's a good point. So level four, mm -hmm. as far as I remember, that means that you never have to, to learn how to drive. Is that correct? That's basically correct. I mean, you, you, you can eventually. So there is two ways level four can, uh, can be uh, done, basically. I mean, there is a minimum amount of external intervention. This is what uh, level four means. So it means that you could intervene yourself to get the car out of a situation that is going to be, you know, something that the car doesn't understand. So you might mm -hmm. do that from inside the cockpit. So do, you do it yourself by just, you know, giving a new instruction or something. So you don't really need to, um, to, to know how to drive, but you need to know what you want to do. So that's yeah. why you don't really know, need to know. But there is another way you can do it. You can do it remotely. So you can, you know, stay in the car doing whatever you are doing. If your car mm -hmm. is your new office or whatever, you can continue to work. And someone yeah. remotely is going to to get the car out, out of the situation in which you know it is. So so basically, level four, it's going to look for a lot of people like if it were totally autonomous, even though it's not totally autonomous like the level five that we're talking about. Yeah, makes sense. And I'm sorry, I, I interrupted you. So what was the, uh, the, yeah. the next area? So the next one that I'm very excited about and that I'm excited about for the past, you know, 20 something years, uh, because this is what I did in my home, is actually technology in the home. I mean, yeah. People are talking for years and years and years, you know, I mean, since I'm a kid uh, about smart home, right? I mean, mm -hmm. uh, and it never really, uh, you know, uh, uh, realized okay, I mean, nice. something yeah. that doesn't exist today, right? But I mean, it happens that in my home, for instance, because I, I'm building my uh, my smart home since mm -hmm. uh, 1999. So for the past yeah. 22 years, I collected, you know, a bunch of devices and stuff. And 
I really believe now that those devices that can work together as assistants, so it's not the same kind of assistance that we were talking about earlier, but they are going to be more like hardware assistants that are going to, you know, work together in order to achieve, to do something that is going to help me to achieve some of my goals. And so today I have 219 devices in my home, for instance, wow. and those 219 devices, they're all connected to each other, not mm -hmm. on the internet. I mean, some of them there are, some of them they are not, but they are ultimately connected to themselves and connected to me. So what does that mean? It means that because they know me, they know what I want to do. Uh, and it's a little bit, you know, uh, we are coming back to what we were saying earlier about the assistants that they are going to know basically my intent in order yeah. to uh, anticipate my uh, my needs. And so this is exactly what is happening in my home, right? So when I come back, for instance, you know, at night, I mean, automatically the shades are going to go down. It's going to yeah. uh, turn on the, the fireplace and stuff like that to prepare my aperitif, right? So this wow. is something like that. So, so this is <laughs> yeah, it's actually there. So, I mean, this aperitive, what I call the aperitive scene, I have it now for more than 10 years, right? Yeah. So, so this is something that can happen. Of course, in my case, I needed to work a lot and to do a lot of work to have those devices to, talking to each other. Yeah. But I really believe that more and more, it's going to happen and people are going to be used to those technologies and they are going to understand that, you know, those objects, even though they are totally heter heterogeneous, right? So, I mean, they yeah. have nothing to do with one another. They are going still to be able to talk to each other and to do something for yourself. So that, that that's the, the third area that I really believe where the technology is going to, uh, to, to be a big, big help for a lot of people. And again, we come back to the fact that, uh, the population is aging and it's going to help, you know, most, I mean, the old people not to go, you know, to the special houses or something and to stay in their home. So stuff like that. Yeah. And I, well, I would love to have a house like that, you know, when, but <laughs> I, so, I, you know, obviously you build this, you're kind of yourself, right? So how many years away are we from seeing a mass adoption? Or, or this concept of the smart home that you described becoming mainstream? Are we talking about a year or two years away or more than that? Well, it's definitely not a year. I mean, you, you know yeah. that one of the issues of this thing is what we are going to call standards, right? There is yeah. no standardization in the in the smart home today. And everybody, when they are building their thing, you know, being uh, Philips Hue for the lights or yeah. Google for the uh, Nest and stuff like that, I mean, they cannot really talk to each other. It happens yeah. that in the past two years, uh, we are talking about more and more something that, uh, that, that they call matter now. It's called matter. It's basically a, a standard between Apple, Google, and all the big guys that are yeah. getting together to try to do a standard. I believe, I don't believe in standards myself. I think that it's mm -hmm. going to be very, very difficult. And I don't have a good example, you know, of a standard that is actually working. Um, yeah. but I mean, there is a, there is a, a really, people want that now and because there is this push i really believe that it's going to happen and again not in one year but i i think that in five years there will be more and more people with houses like my mine right so maybe not with more than 200 devices like i have but for sure because of the alexas and uh, i mean all those connected devices that are already there i would imagine that most of the houses in the next five years are going to have 10 20 devices that are going to perform some action that are going to be, you know, just saving you times and saving uh, and giving you, you know, the, what you really want to happen and to remove those tasks that you don't really want to do every day. You know, for instance, I mean, uh, I happen to have 53 windows in my home. I mean, huh. um, 
if I had to to uh, go over all the shades every day, you know, uh, morning and night, I mm-hmm. mean, I would spend exactly 15 minutes. I clocked it. So I know that I would spend 15 minutes, you know, opening and, and closing my uh, my windows every day, right? My, my shades. So yeah. here it's obviously automatic, right? So it means that according to the, uh, um, the activity in the home, if it's in the uh, the theater room, it's going to you know go down when we want to watch a movie. Uh, mm-hmm. If it's uh, during the normal day, you know, it's going to come up uh, in the morning and could to come down at night. So, I mean, all those normal things that are making your home leave as well, right? So you feel that the, the home is breathing now, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, I feel like I'm back to the future a bit. Uh, back yeah. to the future with Steven Spielberg and Michael <laughs> J. Fox. Um, so obviously you work as an entrepreneur, right, in Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, you kind of talked about what it's like to uh, and and the acceptance of failure, right, in Silicon Valley. So, uh, so if you have any advice to any young entrepreneurs, right? So because we work with lots of sports technology startups, for example, right. So what kind of advice would you give them uh, if they are starting off a business? Yeah. So, so first of all, I mean, you need to define what is the business that you are, uh, you know, interested in and you have to be good at whatever yeah. you have to have a good vision or whatever. So I'm going to talk specifically you know, to the people who want to do AI, right? Because yeah. I mean, as I said at the beginning, I, I'm kind of fed up with all the people who are saying that they are doing AI, but not doing really AI. But for people who are really doing some AI interesting stuff, I mean, the very first thing that you need to be, you need to be good at math. Okay, so if I have some uh, some uh, uh, advices to give to uh, to to those young entrepreneurs that are going to do an AI company of some sort, I mean, first of all, be good at math. You know, start to to be very good at math stats. I mean, this is what AI is about. As I said earlier, this is all about this big data thing. It's just a a question of statistics, right? Or Mm -hmm. the old AI, what we call the old AI, that was, you know, the the expert systems and stuff like that. It was logic. So again, you know, a kind of mathematics. So, so be good at math. Be, be, uh, you know, uh, 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 work on that and, and be basically, you know, you, you cannot be, uh, challenged by somebody else that is going to know a little bit about it. You need to know your subject very well. So this yeah. is the first thing. And then there is the business side of it. I mean, I would say the the the, uh, the excitement of the thing. Be excited about the stuff. I mean, if mm-hmm. you don't believe in it, I mean, nobody else is going to believe you. That's right. So you need to be the first enthusiastic person about your stuff. I mean, I think you can get, you know, from uh, from this interview here right now that I'm, I'm an enthusiastic guy. You are. Guy, right? I can hear. Yeah. So, so you, you cannot miss that. You need to have this power. You need to have this excitement all the time. Sometimes, you know, it's a little bit weird. I mean, it seems to be out of uh, proportion or something, but actually it's not. It's something that it's your stuff. It's something that you have in your guts. You need to just, you know, project it everywhere. You need to be excited all the time about the stuff that you are presenting. But don't get me wrong there. You won't succeed all the time. And this is the the lesson, you know, from the Silicon Valley to Europe is that you need to understand that you are going to fail at one point. And that's okay. I mean, I did four or five companies in the 2000 years. I mean, Mm -hmm. we did pivot. Pivoting is a big, big thing. Pivoting is what? Pivoting is understanding the market. So it yeah. means that, you know, you are going to push for something. You have something in your mind. You are really going to believe in it, but nobody else is going to believe in it. You need at one point to realize that. And when you realize it, you need just to pivot correctly in order to go to a place where you think, after all, you know, it's going to be the right one. And you are going to be as excited on this particular one, you know, in, in, with this new pivot than you were excited, you know, for the very first one. And it's not rare 
to pivot one, two, three, four times in the course, you know, of a company, because this is what it is about. If you have to pivot 10 times, maybe, you know, it's too much. And then, you know, it's time to stop and to declare, to declare the failure and to do something else. But, yeah, it's, it's funny you said that because uh, one of the biggest success, see if you take Slack, right? Slack started as a gaming company. Mm -hmm. And then they realized there was this one feature that worked pretty well and that became Slack. Exactly. So there's a lot of success stories like that. So you're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so pivoting is great, but recognizing the failure is great too. And the failure is actually not a failure. The failure is a learning situation. Yeah, you got to keep learning, right? Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. So look, we are, we are at the end of the interview. So uh, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. It was very uh, insightful. So I'd like to thank you for, for your time. Thank you very much, Julien. Have a good one. Thank you. Have a great evening.